1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon down into the modern age he's been a boon companion though many folks have seen him know now none of them have held him or brought a decent hand sample to dr jeffrey meldrum if you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch, cause it could be a hit. But if you've never seen a Sasquatch, just seek and you will find. Because Bigfoot is a state of mind. Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hidden Zoo, where every week we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don, and with me as always is Blake. Hi Don. Hi Blake. We don't have a guest this week. We don't. We no. just talked about it, but my microphone crapped out, so yeah. we just restarted. Yeah. Blake's friend, Russell, who I'm, I am I think is fictional, even though I have met him, uh, Blake said he became a fictional character. Yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know if you know this about my life, but it involves a lot of magical realism. Mm-hmm. So that's just a thing that can happen in my world. So, so your world, uh, your life involves a lot of fantasy for pretentious folks who don't want to be on the genre shelves at the bookstore? Yeah, and yeah. also a couple of my friends are animated. Just don't worry about it. Well, that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. So what do you got for us? Oh, we're, this week I'm going to do Michele Mbembe. Ooh, Michele Mbembe. I, I really should have actually taken notes on this one because this one there's content. <laughs> Most of these you can't find anything but just a couple of hillbillies saw something on, on the road yeah. in 1981. I mean, this is a this is a big one. We can always come back to it. We can always part do a, two. Kelly Mbembe part two. This this is uh, like the first trip that I ever heard of. Like even yeah, before I one, heard of Bigfoot. This one goes back because you, I don't know if you know this about me and every other dude into kind of into science. I was into dinosaurs yeah. as a kid. And they mentioned it in this VHS I watched till it fell apart that was just called like dinosaurs or something. <gasps> was it narrated by Superman? No, it was not. It was narrated by oh hold on. Oh, was the was one it? I was the one that my parents taped off PBS that I watched until it shit out was called Dinosaur. No. It was hosted by by Christopher Reeves. And featured stop-motion animation by Phil Tippett. Nope. This one was hosted by Gary Owens. Gary Owens? Yeah. Let me get find a voice sample for you, because the second you hear his voice, you'll go, oh, him. Uh, that sounds really familiar. Why do I know who that is? Gary Owens. Gary. No, who the fuck is this guy? No. Gary Owens. See, Dinosaur is available on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. So there's apparently some other guy named Gary Owen who is a, looks like a hack comedian. Okay, here's Gary Owens, the voice of Hollywood, doing a radio commercial. Hi, I'm Gary Owens. Now on KFI 640, we put together a fun show for you every morning, including airborne traffic reports from KFI in the Sky. More news and that at all. Huh. He was in this show. It was just called Dinosaurs, and it was uh, it, it was something that we had to order special. Like I, I remember waiting for it for what seemed like months in the mail. Oh no, no, the one I had was called More Dinosaurs. More Dinosaurs with Gary Owen and uh, and some dude named Eric something or other. And Eric was like pretending to be a naturalist, going out and talking to paleontologists and shit. Huh. 
two Wait, no, Wikipedia, that's not the right thing. But this one, maybe it was for one of the networks. Let me find. I don't think it was actually PBS now that I'm thinking about it. 1985. Or 87, maybe? When was it? Trying to find it. You know, YouTube says it's from 1985. But it's uh, it's hosted by Christopher Reeve, and it has a whole segment on Michaela Mbembe. Yeah, more dinosaurs is, did too. Which is allegedly a dinosaur that still exists in the Congo, mm-hmm. in deepest, darkest Africa. Yeah, as you know, us colonials Fuck. like to call it. I I, uh, I can get more dinosaurs on VHS from Amazon for only three fifty six used. A dinosaur exclamation point! There we go. Yeah, from nineteen eighty five. It aired on Hello there, Gary Owens here. CBS, so it was a network. It was a network show. My parents taped this for me at some point, and I watched the shit out of it. Here's here's the promo for the one for the one I had. Hello there, Gary Owens here, along with Eric Boardman. Hi there. And we're here on location completing another one of our fascinating documentaries that we've been involved in. <laughs> I would exactly call them documentaries. Oh, they are educational. Well, yeah, but they're designed to be very entertaining. Well, I understand that, and of course they're filled with scientific facts. Well, yeah, but some people might consider them a little offbeat, you know. Well, I admit that each one does get a little bit more strange. No, I don't like this guy's voice. <laughs> At the end of it, they turned into dinosaurs. Huh, I don't care for that. It was strange. But yeah, they had a segment on Michele Mbembe too. The one I loved. Yeah, and they had the alleged recordings of the creature mm-hmm. and the guy talking about yep. seeing it. It sounds like these were basically the same documentary. Only this one has Superman and way cooler effects, I'm assuming. Ooh, here it is. It's available on YouTube in its entirety. Yeah, Dinosaur! Exclamation point. Hosted by Christopher Reeve. Okay, this is going to be the rest of the show. We're just going to play this for 40 minutes. <laughs> I had such a great... I hadn't thought about that in, you know, 30 years. And then uh-huh. looked it up on YouTube and got to watch the entire thing. And was so excited. That's awesome. Because the VHS is long gone. I, I don't know. Maybe it's still kicking around a box in my parents' place somewhere. Yeah. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think... But I remember the tape was all tossed. worn out. Where it's like... Like the audio was all <laughs> fucked up and... No matter what you did with tracking, it still just was all all liney and shitty because I mm-hmm. watched it so much. But at least it didn't but, skip like a DVD. Yeah. Yeah. So, Michele, Michele Mbembe. Yeah. Can you, can you just play the start of Dinosaur for me, please? Uh, oh, hold on. I have to bring it back <laughs> up. Because I already closed out the YouTube. Christopher Reeve, Dinosaur. Yeah, di- it's Dinosaur exclamation point. Yes, you've said that. Okay, here's That's the opening. That's how you find it easy. 1980. Hooray! Best drawn video. Wait for it. Oh, yeah. There once dwelled on this earth creatures so strange and wondrous that 65 million years after their extinction, they still excite the imagination of man. Oh, there's some Phil Tippett. They were fierce and carnivorous monsters, and at the same time, they were gentle giants. 
They came, surprisingly, in all shapes and sizes, and lived in a world not unlike our own, among birds and frogs, crocodiles and insects. And Jurassic Park would have been so much better with this in it. We should have just started the episode with that. They evolved from the creatures who crawled out of the sea millions of years before. They were indomitable. They were the lords of their universe. After a reign of 140 million years, they mysteriously vanished. That's, that's probably good. I was waiting to get to the, the score, but that might take a while. Well, so, I'll, back I'll to Michele Mbembe, the alleged dinosaur. Mm-hmm. It's a Lingala wor- word that means one who stops the flow of rivers because it lives in the water. And it's just that fucking big. And I didn't, I didn't think about it be, until I was reading, you know, the, the, some of these articles about it. That it's a very mid-century version of a sauropod because it's supposed to be like a brontosaurus. Yeah, but it's not our current version of the brontosaurus. It's the sort of mid-century, old-timey, fat brontosaurus. Yeah, the big, dumb, slow brontosaurus. Yeah, the, that's all dumpy. That's the dumpy one that mm-hmm. has to live in the water because it's too big. Yep. So I didn't think about that, that even the, its alleged appearance is dated to the knowledge of dinosaurs at the time. But so I'm going to bet that that has not changed as the knowledge of dinosaurs is updated. And I was a little bit bummed out that it's a, a favorite of young Earth creationists. <laughs> like they really want to find this thing bad because it would help to their notion of invalidating evolution and because if there's the one dinosaur left, then the Evolution Earth can be 600,000 yeah. years old. Or 6,000 <laughs> six years old has to be. Yeah, 6,000. Is it 6,000, they think? If you're Ish. a young Earth creationist. Six, yeah, which they achieved by counting bagats in the Bible. <laughs> yep. You know, like science. But let's see what else. Yeah, it looks like a sauropod. So is in the water. And let me find some more info. I know I should have written this shit down. There's actually quite a bit of information about this one. But the let's see, the first mention in the West comes from a big game hunter in 1909. Ooh, that's awesome. Who claims to have heard from sources about he, th- th- this version? It's in Rhodesia, which is modern day Zimbabwe. So not quite the Congo. But then later on. It recenters into, let's see, 1911. Then it, it shifts over to the Congo. <laughs> it it just moved. Yeah, it just moved. Just packed and up all. Other, packed up its apartment. Yeah, and they talked about. Let's see, the kid, the the the, the pygmies. Of course, have allegedly have lots of encounters with it. One of the most famous ones being that in around 1960. A bunch of pygmies supposedly found one of these, and they speared it because oh. it was it was busting up their their fish barrier dumbly and slowly and fatly. Yeah, it was like hey, bust bust through all your barriers. Why is this barrier here blocking my path? So they kill it, they cut it up, and they take it home to eat it. But then, oh, they describe it. Let's see. Here's the description. Bigger than a forest elephant. Okay. With a long neck, a small snake or lizard-like head. Okay. And decorated with a comb-like frill. 
Okay. And the tail was long, flexible, and smooth. It was reddish-brown skin and had four stubby legs with clawed toes. Aww. And then they had a victory feast, and they ate it. Although whoever participated in the feast eventually died, either from food poisoning or from natural causes. <laughs> and then the well, author of this article notes that pygmies rarely live beyond 35. <laughs> that's, like, that's a relevant fact to them eating a magic animal. So they all ate this, and then they all eventually died. And we're not yeah. sure that kind of the correlation. Undercuts the what he just, yeah, it undercuts that they died from eating it. But he says eventually, and that, you know, they don't really live very long. Yeah. So that kind of probably was unrelated to the... 70% of them were bitten by venomous creatures. Not sure if that's relevant. Let's see. This is pygmies around Lake Telly. Lake that's Telly. the center of Mokele Mobembe activity that they used to live in Lake Telly, but then have spread out into the surrounding river systems. And there's been dozens of expeditions to find evidence of this thing and none of them have really there's one that recorded sounds there's been a few photos of bumps uh, let me see if i can find oh, those sounds that's about it yeah because i remember hearing the creepy sounds on more dinosaurs okay so, nothing good yet sound and there is a motion picture about michaela mabembe that wrecked me as a child because one of the dinosaurs gets killed. Aw. Called Baby Secret of the Lost oh, Legend. Oh, fuck yeah. You remember that one? I do. With the really awful animatronics? Where these two Americans, of course, white Americans, are in... They're looking for... They're looking for gorillas. They're looking for something else. And they find a baby dinosaur. Uh-huh. And then there's two adult dinosaurs. And then there's some evil cat looking for him and they machine gun the shit out of the adult male and then manage to capture the adult female and the baby. Mm -hmm. And so then them and some of their ragtag local friends then free the two remaining dinosaurs. Okay. So do you want to hear, uh, Mukele Mbembe sounds? Yes. To haunt your dreams. Does it sound like the Yowie at all? I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, it sounds exactly like the Yowie. It sounds exactly like the Yowie. What, what do you know? Now here what it is. The for the me. <laughs> is that it? No, it keeps going. Another twenty seconds. Okay, then. Huh. Here's I didn't version. hear anything except noise. Here's a version with the ambient noise reduced. Let's see if it's any better. Huh. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not convinced. Uh, no. Something that you can sort of kind of hear over the... Over One the alleged problem with noise. the investigation is that the locals are reluctant to tell white outsiders about 
Michele Mbembe because of misfortune or death might happen to you. Talk about it. Okay. Which is pretty, con- pretty convenient. Yeah. It's also pretty convenient that uh, nobody's ever found it. Yeah, and there, there's multiple other dinosaur-like things that are alleged to exist in the area. But this is the most famous one. And this one's supposed to be a brontosaurus, which, if I remember correctly, isn't even a thing anymore. No, it is again. Oh, it is? Yeah. Brontosaurus is back? Yeah, it's back, baby. Um, yeah, so they re-reclassified. Um, God, I don't remember how it went. It was pretty confusing. Because, uh, so there's something to do because Brontosaurus is the genus. Mm, Oh, okay. Uh, uh, And recently, let's see, uh, Brontosaurus was a species of Apatosaurus, but then more recent research research realized that Brontosaurus does exist as a separate genus from Apatosaurus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what is it? Just like Brontosaurus, Brontosaurus? Uh, three species. Brontosaurus excelsus, Brontosaurus yanapin, and Brontosaurus parvus. Oh, three species worth. Oh, okay. So it is separate. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then how many apatosaurs are there? Uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. Apatosaurus. That's what's confusing is sometimes is that the, the, the dinosaur names are almost always the genus and not the species. Mm-hmm. So like Velociraptor, there's a whole bunch of Velociraptor because that's yeah. the genus. Uh, two species of Apatosaurus known, Apatosaurus Ajax and Apatosaurus Louisi. Huh. Which is bothersome to me in the original Jurassic Park when Dr. Grant asks, what species is this? And B.D. Wong says, Velociraptor. <laughs> which Grant, Grant should say, that's the genus, dummy. What's, I asked you what species this is. Is it Mongoliensis? What is it? You stupid asshole. I need so it to couldn't know, be Mongoliensis because those were, were too small. I need to know how accurately or how quickly and well it could disembowel a fat preteen. <laughs> Didn't you see my intro shot? Because, uh, let's see, what was I doing? I thought all Velociraptors were actually way smaller than in Jurassic Park. There's a couple that are bigger. Like, I think Utah Raptor was approximately the size in the movies. Because uh, the first one... I think Oviraptors were about six feet. So how many species are there? <clears throat> I'm going to find out. Because uh, I was into a small... I was into Dromaeosaurs before it was cool, because I was into Deinonychus. <laughs> Deinonychus is a badass. Well, Deinonychus is more Velociraptor than Velociraptors in the movies. Oh, Utah Raptor is a separate genus, too. Yeah. So never mind. And Deinonychus is also a separate genus. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't look like there are any other species in the Velociraptor genus. There are a lot of raptors. There are a lot of raptors, but it looks like only one. one uh, sp- oh, no, there's two species. There's Mongoliensis and Osmolske. Osmolske. So there are two species of Velociraptor, both small. Like, like chicken size, small, like, or maybe turkey yeah. sized. Turkey. That's the the reference given is a turkey. That sounds like a turkey. <laughs> so that the fat kid was right. Just a really big one. But Utah Raptor, which is a separate genus entirely, is 
more similar in size to the movie ones. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same shape. Ooh, Dakota Raptor is a large theropod. Dakota Raptor, I'm picturing <laughs> Dakota Fanning as a, as a dinosaur. 18 foot long. Dinosaur Dakota wow. Fanning. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, Dinonychus was my jam when I was a kid. That cool one dinosaur. big claw. 11 feet long. Dromaeosaurs were about six, six-ish feet, about two meters long. Dromaeosaurs. They also had the one big, one big claw. And dinosaurs are so cool. I know. What what trips me out is that we are closer to several, to lots of dinosaurs than those dinosaurs are to other dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Geologically, that's so crazy. <laughs> Well, like, kind of how, like, we're closer to Cleopatra than she was to the building of the pyramids. Yeah, stuff like that that is yeah. really hard to wrap your mind around. We're closer to T-Rex than T-Rex was to Stegosaurus. Is that the one that's the yeah, example? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one. Like, they, 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 like Christopher Reeve said, they ruled the world for 120 million 100, years. But not really. 40, he said. 140 million years, because there are, we're talking hundreds probably thousands of species of loosely related things that are all just very different from us. So we think mm-hmm. they're, Oh, they're all the same thing. Yeah. And it's hard to wrap your mind around the length, that length of time. I know it's, it's kind of like if, if aliens come to earth in a few billion years, like right as the sun's about to go red giant and they're looking through the paleontology of earth and they see the first monkey, and then, and then they decide that all the monkeys and all the apes and all of us are all the same thing. Pretty much one thing. Therefore, yeah. humans ruled the earth for 60 million years. And Stegosaurus was 155 to 150 million years ago. So, yes, we are closer to T-Rex than T-Rex was to Stegosaurus. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, at least the T-Rex never got thagomized. That's so crazy. I was just about to talk about the thagomizer. Uh, a paleontology, uh, an anatomical feature of the Stegosaurus that was named by Gary Larson. <laughs> the unofficial official name of any dinosaur with a big nasty thing on the end of its tail. Yeah, that's from a Far Side cartoon. Because it killed it killed Thag Johnson or some shit. Yeah. So it's a caveman with a with a, a, a diagram and a stick pointing at that. We call this thing the Thagomizer after the late. <laughs> Which is funny to me that paleontologists adopted something featuring cavemen. Yeah, but it's such a good name. <laughs> well, so the Ankylosaurus had a Thagomizer, and it lived around the same time as the T-Rex. It lived in the late Cretaceous. So, oh, that's a cool one, too. Ankylosaurus could have Thagomized a dinosaur. When I was a kid, it was Ankylosaurus, and then later on, it started becoming Ankylosaur. Yeah, yeah, same here. I noticed that. But I, I was hanging out with some... I was actually hanging out with two paleontologists a couple of weeks ago for work, and they said Ankylosaurus, so I'm going to go with that. All right. Man, you get to hang out with paleontologists. Yep. Not too what often. Co- what color did they think dinosaurs were? Uh, they were both on the probably most of them, especially in the Cretaceous, were fully feathered bandwagon. Oh, that's 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 another problem. It's, that's <laughs> That's my beef with science. It keeps changing things. I know. I have to learn... Learn all kinds of new stuff. And God my, damn it! My favorite, my favorite dinosaurs look lame now. Yeah, the T Rex could have been a humongous chicken-looking thing. 
She's now my favorite dinosaur from when I was a kid. Now gets drawn like it's on a float at Carnival. <laughs> What's that? The Deinonychus, all oh. the little dromaeosaurs. Dram- yeah. Oh yeah, they have, they're like totally feathery. They're all like Carnival participants now and covered in goofy, brightly colored feathers. But hey, Ankylosaurus, and the Ank, they still look awesome. Yeah, but that one wasn't my favorite. They're all kind of they're just dumpy and oh, dude, goofy. they're fucking tanks with a gigantic <laughs> tail club. I know they're they're all pretty cool. Uh, I asked the uh, we we had a little there was this little bronze uh, bronze sculpture of a T Rex, maybe the size of a chicken, and I asked them if they could have a dinosaur that was the size of that as a pet, would they? And they said no, neither of them would ever have any kind of dinosaur. And I thought if I could have a chicken sized Ankylosaurus. That would be like having the world's coolest turtle. Like the paleontologists would not have a pet dinosaur? Well, they probably know things that we don't. Like what? They like, probably know only marginally more about keeping a dinosaur than... Because <laughs> they could tell you if the bones on it were wrong, but... I wonder but, what that would be like. It'd probably be like having a... More like keeping a bird. Yeah, yeah. So it probably would need lots of attention, would shit constantly... It would probably pair bond with you accidentally. Yeah. I wonder if they'd be loud. Well, okay. So this is something I did look into a few years ago. Um, and this is, I, I was going to say this when we were listening to Mokele Mabembe, but the sound didn't end up meaning anything. Uh, dinosaurs almost certainly didn't roar. because Yeah, they probably yeah, like honked. Yeah, they honked. They twittered. They clicked. They would have sounded like birds because only yeah. mammals have vocal cords. And all the creatures we've ever surveyed, and obviously we don't have a lot of dinosaur soft tissue, but mm. none of their descendants have vocal cords. None of the reptiles closely related to them have vocal cords. Only mammals there's, do. There's so much we don't know, though. They could have played saxophone and we'd never know about it. Nope. Only Bigfoot plays the saxophone. <laughs> only the sexy Sasquatch plays the saxophone. That's what would bum me out that I could I could never be a paleontologist because there's only there's such a limited amount of things you could know from bones that aren't even bones anymore. Yeah, I know. I I, I like how me out in high school learning that that wait they're not actually bones anymore. Oh, they're rocks now. They're rocks. That's so crazy. Uh, so many dinosaurs are known. Like you have a species that's known from a skull cap or a tibia. You yeah, know? and they're. They're just making up shit. <laughs> yep. Well, this one could have looked like this. And then you got... only have teeth. I, I actually quizzed both of the paleontologists to see if they were splitters and lumpers. Because I think it was recently Protoceratops was reclassified as like a juvenile Triceratops or something like that, where they just realized this is not a separate species. It's the same species at a different life stage. Yeah. Uh, and I asked what, you know, what was their opinion about... Because we had a skull cap from one called the... Uh, Dracorex Hogwartsia, which was actually <laughs> discovered uh, by the paleontologists, uh, the oldest, some of the paleontologists that used to work at the place where I work. Uh, and so that's, and they named it Dracorex because its skull cap looks like a fucking dragon. Like, seriously. Huh. It looks like a badass D&D dragon with horns and nodules and shit. So your museum has paleontologists on staff? Yeah, like three, three or four. Yeah, I want to kick it. With, I want to talk about dinosaur pets with them. So I, I asked them. It's it's a pachycephalosaurus type. It's a pachycephalosaurid, right? Mm-hmm. So one of those with a gigantic skull cap, uh, bipedal with uh, 
longer, better arms than a theropod. And I asked, okay, so do you think maybe this is just a different life phase of one that we already know about? And they were both like, fuck no. We ain't, we're not good. We're not lumpers. How sure are they? Well, there is, this species is known by one almost complete skull and another partial skull cap. Because this seems, it seems like a science where there's a ton of professional opinion and not yeah. a, a lot of. I've always thought that too. Um, but it, that's also true of, uh, here I'm sending you a picture of the, uh, the skull cap. We actually had a model of this that I got to handle. Um, that's, that's true of, uh, like biological anthropologists too. Like if you're looking at uh, ancient hominins, it's the same sort of thing where you have people who discover these, this set of teeth and want to say, this is a different version of Ardipithecus. And then you, you're always going to run into the lumpers and versus the splitters when you're talking about extinct. I've species. never heard it called that, but I've, I've read about that phenomena that there's lots of paleontologists who want to, who want more dinosaurs. Right. And the ones who want to just, just keep conglomerate, it not conglomerate, consolidate. Yeah. Like I we already have, I, I had a, one of my TAs and one of my anthropology classes was a hardcore, hardcore lumper, like fringe lumper. And she thought that basically everything with the homo genus should just be homo sapiens. Huh? She thought like, it's a range of homo sapiens for sure, but they're all fucking homo sapiens. That's what they should all be. No homo habilis, no homo erectus, uh, no, mo no homo neanderthalensis. They should just all be subspecies of homo sapiens. Huh. And that is definitely a fringe opinion. Yeah. Classification stuff I find really interesting. Yeah, me too. One of my favorites is, is actually the, the type example for garbage taxons. Is the Calubra day one of my favorite sections of snakes? Is used as the example of what a garbage taxon is, <laughs> where you just well, it's not these six things, so it's this. It's that. It's a Hufflepuff, and we'll worry about it later. <laughs> it's really it's and it's really ridiculous. It's got so many species in it that have oh nothing to do with each other. Seven eight seven hundred eighty two species and ninety seven genera. Yeah, all in one, in one um, family. Wow. Historically yeah, used family. as a garbage bin taxon. Garb Wastebacks taxon has its own Wikipedia page. Yeah, that one. And it used to be insectivora for mammals, but that one actually got broken up recently. So that one doesn't count anymore. The obsolete kingdom Protista is comp composed of all eukaryotes that are, aren't animals, plants, or fungi. Yeah, where it's, well, this isn't, it's not a viper or a boa. So it goes in this, mm -hmm. in this group. <laughs> Wow. I mean, which is super cool because you can have things like the garter snake, which is completely harmless to humans and is a live bearer, is in the same family as the boomslang, which is <laughs> very dangerous to humans, is rear fanged in an egg layer. But I mean, you got to start somewhere. If you have nothing yeah. else to go on, just toss them there until you learn more, I guess. Don't even get me started on house snakes and rat snakes. Man, that's a mess. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Don't we know it? All of us, everybody. So oh, it's so great. I love stuff like that because that it's it's funny to me, but no one else has any idea what I'm talking about. Uh, do you have any more on Makeli Mabembe? Well, it's nonsense. <laughs> probably doesn't Number exist. One. Yeah, doesn't exist, and it's probably just attributable to the early early 20th century's fascination with dinosaurs because dinosaurs yeah. 
they, I mean, they were they were a big thing in kind of the in the like late eighteen hundreds from the uh, the you know the fossil rush mm-hmm. where everyone's looking for fossils, and that continued on into the opening of all the cool museums in the early nineteen hundreds. And, and I got to imagine, like, with the, in the right headspace at the right time, a hippo could be mistaken for a giant dinosaur, mostly under the water. Yeah, or a forest elephant is a good yeah a good one because those are frequently in the water and they have a trunk and they're big and lumpy. And it was it came out of a, at that same time period when it was still dark at darkest Africa. Right, and so you've got and all still... you basically have a bunch of big game hunters desperate to find hunt the next big game who. Yeah, and all the yeah. white hunter stories coming out of an area that was still romantically unexplored and unknown. Right. And and if if the local pygmies said anything that could be remotely considered crazy, of course they were. Oh, yeah, these and pygmies in their exotic ways, seeing their exotic creatures. The gorilla was still new. Yeah. And then it's you know, and, and since that they decided it was a dinosaur, then that's always going to stay interesting. Right, and that like that's an example of of like you said the fascination with dinosaurs, if. Yeah. If that if somebody had gone to darkest Africa in 1823 and had been described this, it would not be known to history as like an extant dinosaur. Yeah, because that, that was just if like it, them. That was just them projecting the Western, yeah, a, a Western construction on top of it. And if it had been, you know, it's a weird kind of elephant mm-hmm. or some new hippopotamus, no one would give a shit. That yeah. would have died out. Like there'd still be some weirdo looking for that one elephant that they think might still be there, but it wouldn't have captured, captured Western imagination like a dinosaur. It would have been, uh, you know, elephant with a snake's body or a snake with an elephant head. That one. And all the, you know, the bullshit of, you know, we're showing the natives pictures of dinosaurs. It's so hard to separate, separate them actually pointing at something that they've seen versus they just want to please. Right least the researchers it's that's there's been independent research done on that in the which people from those kind of areas when the westerners come in to ask them anything they want to agree with you because <laughs> uh that was actually that's another snake story in that this guy was in uh one of the top hobbyists who's in the green tree pythons was trying to verify locales like which which snake that looks like this is coming from where and he was he had a hard, uh, the worst time actually getting straight answers from the collectors, because the people who actually went out and found the snakes, just they told him what he they would just tell him what he what they thought he wanted to hear, <laughs> rather than what he because they thought oh well he's really interested in this one, so they're all this one. So it was basically useless to him. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of testimony for as to identify which animals were coming from which area of the island was useless because they would just agree with whatever he asked them first usually <laughs> like hey did this come from here yes of course it did it, of course it did because that's what they want because they're selling them to them too so yeah and it's like it's not like they're stupid they're actually pretty smart if they're gonna just manipulate like the white guy but yeah, and it's also it's also really really hard to tease apart like when you have two such vastly different cultures meeting pretty much for the first time mm-hmm. you may be able to tease out the language but that doesn't mean you can meaningfully communicate <laughs> yeah because you have so much like your your life experiences are so incredibly different 
Yeah, it's just silly to say a mystery creature in the woods is a dinosaur, and then that's the story for 100 years. And I love this one, because if anything was real, this is one of the ones I would for sure want to be real, because what would be cooler than finding a dinosaur? I know. Like, it's yeah. so much better than Bigfoot. And, and it's it, it almost has some level of plausibility, because like you said, the gorilla was recently discovered in the early 20th century. For like 100 years, you'd hear the stories of the ape man of the, of the jungle, and... I'm sure there were people like us on their 18th century telegraph podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hear about this thing in darkest Africa. Oh, what a terrible hoax that is. What a bunch of balderdash. Yeah. A dinosaur. Wow. Rubbish. Rubbish. It is rubbish. Yeah. But then they found, then they found the gorilla. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Komodo dragon's real. <laughs> you shit on that last year. So we'll be yeah, the first ones, if, you know, if you yeah, find a Bigfoot, if you find a Mokele Mbembe, we'll be the first ones to do an episode about it. We already knew about big-ass monitor lizards. We just found a slightly <laughs> bigger one. This is yeah. a little different. This one's a dragon, though. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's man, it'd be cool if dinosaurs were still around, but they're yeah. not. I mean, they are. They're just birds. Well, yeah, they are. They're just birds, which yeah. is not as exciting. Yeah, like, I mean, if, if, if anybody still doubts that, go look at... Uh, the a picture of a T-Rex's feet and yeah, go look at feet. chicken feet or any bird feet, okay? And then go look at how a T-Rex holds its arms and then go eat some chicken wings. <laughs> I just recently saw something that made me laugh on Facebook. It was uh, like a, a friend from back in the day who I haven't talked to, you know, in many years. But right. he's a he's some kind of he's some kind of wildlife biologist where he's like tagging tagging pelicans and doing all that kind of stuff where he's ac doing actual field work with birds. Cool. And he posted a, a cladistic picture of your know, dinosaurs to birds. And he says how it, he's like, I'm always infuriated that every time I see one of these clade diagrams of dinosaurs becoming birds, the bird is always a chicken or a pigeon. <laughs> I thought that was really hilarious because he's right. Every time you see that the bird they choose is like, oh, here, then it becomes birds. Never a fucking pigeon. golden eagle. Yeah, it's never something cool looking. Or, you know, the moa or something tough. Yeah, an emu. No, an emu. dinosaurs became dodos and then we ate them all. Yeah. But that's, yeah, look at chicken feet. That's a dinosaur right there. Yep. They're fucking scaled. They still have scales. Yeah, they have scaly dinosaur feet. Shit. You got a real one for us? Uh, yeah, I kept changing my mind because I found Stegosaurus, and now I kind of want to talk about Stegosaurus. I was originally going to do the Hippopotamus. Hippo's a good one. Yeah, let's, I'll change it. Go back to Hippopotamus. Hippo. So, we the, talked about dinosaurs a lot. The river horse. Really? Yeah, the water, the water horse? Yeah. For those of you who oh, don't know what a Hippopotamus is, they are in, native to sub-Saharan Africa. And they are the most dangerous animal in Africa after the mosquito. <laughs> right. Because the mosquito is the, as far as body count, the mosquito wins handily all over the world. But if, if, no, we, if, that, we, that accept, if we remove insects, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's possible that mosquitoes have killed more people than yeah. all the wars yeah. put together throughout human history. It's the most dangerous vertebrate. Yes, the most dangerous vertebrate there we go. in Africa is the hippopotamus. And they're, even though they're herbivorous, mostly, they occasionally get caught eating something that is not herbivorous well so there's they're, they they're that big they can eat whatever the fuck they want they're what what are they called artiodactyl what's that even toed ungulates oh okay so that includes camels cattle deer and pigs 
Although they're not closely related to them, they are. They have similar feet. <laughs> there are five subspecies of hippopotamus, the Great Northern, East African, the Cape, the West African, and the Angolan. Man, their their skulls are gnarly looking. If you've ever seen a hippopotamus skull, look that up. This thing looks oh, like yeah. crazy, some kind of Tolkien creature. Like this would be kind of on the shelf behind a king. A set dressing, you would just kind of see that in the background, of, or in the wizard, the wizard room. When they go talk to the wizard, this would be on a pedestal somewhere uh, in the background. We wouldn't talk about it's it. It's terrifying. Like, what the fuck is that thing? Like it, it, it looks like one of the predator dogs from Predators. Oh, or it looks like one of the skulls from Predator 2. There's a thing in the Predator 2 trophy case that looks oh, kind of yeah. like that. Very I'm actually, cool. I'm and, actually looking for something that this reminded me of because there were a couple of paleo artists who got kind of fed up with how Hollywood designs dinosaurs because mm -hmm. so often they... So here's what they said. The most common error is taking the skeleton, putting it in muscle, and then shrink-wrapping the skin onto that shape. It ignores fat deposits, skin flaps, other soft tissue that all living animals have. And so they drew uh, what a hippo would look like if it was drawn the way that Hollywood typically oh, draws hip, uh, dinosaurs. And it's fucking frightening. I just need to find it. Interesting. It, damn it. It should be in this article. But it's not. Oh, here's a word I've never seen before. Graviportal. Graviportal? Their skeletons are graviportal. What does that mean? Let's see. An animal physically adapted only for moving slowly over land due to a high body weight. Examples include giant tortoises. Oh, okay, hmm. so its skull, it's a its skeleton is a lot like a giant tortoise for when it's out of the water. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, and then they have their specific gravity is adapted that lets them sink. So they just walk along the bottom. Mostly, yeah, I've, seen, I've seen a wonderful video of them walking along the bottom. Uh, I think it was the Dayton or the Cincinnati Zoo a couple of years ago had a baby hippo named Fiona. Oh, Fiona the hippo. Yeah, and I followed Fiona on Facebook. Okay, here is, and uh, I will, I'm going to post this picture in the show notes. This is a picture of what a hippo might look like if you reconstructed it only from its bones. Hmm. With, and ignored fat deposits and how things tend to be actually shaped. Wow, these are cool. I'll have to look at that in a minute. This, there's a ton of hippo facts on here. <laughs> so they are they secrete their own sunscreen. Are you at hippofacts.com? Yeah, they could they secrete their own sunscreen. That's cool. That's bizarre. Natural That's sunscreen awesome. substance that is red colored, sometimes called blood sweat. Nice. <laughs> That's super cool. I did Man, not know that. They are fucking metal. And they are herbivorous, but they occasionally, well, they actually frequently kill people because they tend to come out at nighttime and graze on the land. And then people get between them and the water and they jack them up. I can't remember. So uh, boats. I cannot remember what whether this happened in the Congo movie, but I remember it was in the book that they got attacked by a hippo did it's in both okay i know it's in the movie i'm pretty sure yeah it's in the it's in the book as well yeah because like in the book i remember they had to uh parachute like they had to skydive out and they landed in a river yes. and hippo attacked them no they're all they're in the the boats at that time because they're oh, in rafts oh, okay. okay 
small boats can be capsized. So they're pretty dangerous, and they can run thirty up to 30 miles an hour on land, God even damn. though they're generally quite slow, unless they want to be. <laughs> so if they want to be fast, they can. Yeah, they, they walk around, but they're really fast when they need to be. Like when they're... Uh... Like, oh shit, invasive potential in the what? 80s because Pablo, Pablo Escobar had hippos at his, his private zoo in Colombia. <laughs> Whoa. And after, after he died, they were, they were considered too difficult to seize, so they were just left there. And by 2007, they had multiplied to 16 and were roaming the area for food. <laughs> Let's see, two adults and one calf left the herd and were attacking humans and killing cattle. One of the adults was killed by hunters under authorization of local authorities. As of early 2014, 40 hippos have been reported to exist in Puerto Trifuno. In, in <laughs> There's 40 hippos in Colombia. Without management, the population size is likely to more than double by the next decade. That's... National Geographic produced a documentary about them titled Cocaine Hippos. <laughs> wow, that's the first I've heard of that. That's Cocaine so interesting. Hippos. That seems like the kind of obscure fact that would have shown up in the fifth season of Archer. Like, how do I not know? How have I not heard of this? I love reading about invasive species. That's something I'm really interested in. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I want to point out to everybody that Blake had a chance to come hunt swamp rats with me last weekend. And he blew it. Yep. He didn't come. Don went to to New Orleans. I did. I didn't get to hunt any swamp rats. Well, I don't have a suppressed twenty-two, so that probably wouldn't have gone too well in downtown New Orleans. Well, we weren't going to stay in downtown New Orleans. We were going to go out in the bayou. You don't have to bring a suppressed twenty-two in the bayou. Yeah, but I, that's a really good excuse to get one because the suppressors are expensive. Okay, then you could have gotten one and brought it with you. But the point is you didn't. You didn't go. And now I'm not going to go to New Orleans for a long time because it was hot and muggy and it smelled terrible. Yeah, and five bucks a swamp rat is going to take a while to pay that off. So. Yeah, but you don't care about it. You just want to go. I have to do the math on how many of those I'd have to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that real quick. Let me bring up a calculator. Cocaine hippos. There let's it see. is. You have to. Let's see. Five bucks per nutrient tail. Yeah. Did you? Are, did you confirm it was five bucks? Uh, at least the the two websites that reported it said that. So okay. I don't know if that's accurate or not. So let's see. About approximately three hundred plus the two hundred dollar tax stamp. Yeah, it looks like five bucks. Divided, oh, so we have to shoot. 100 of them, approximately. Oh, that's nothing. Come on, we can do it. That's not that many. We can do it. And then we have have nutria meat to last. (laughs) So much much nutria meat. Yeah, get some of that rat meat. Yeah, so tell Julie to start looking up how to cook nutria good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll get some of that nutria gumbo. Get it in a nutria etouffee. Oh, some rice. Just put that up there in the gumbo. Get some red bean rice and a nutria flesh. Or you just cook it over open fire, you eat it right up. Did you encounter any good Cajun talking folks? No, I didn't encounter any Cajun talking folks. I was so disappointed. Oh, bummer. I just gotta get a, you got to get one of those Bayou tours so somebody will put on the accent for you. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, did, uh, I did a cemetery tour, which is pretty badass, of uh, St. Louis see. Cemetery Number 1. Got to see Marie Laveau's tomb and Nicolas Cage's future resting place, which is a giant <laughs> fucking pyramid. 
Yeah, so he bought two plots to build his stupid giant pyramid on, and he's going to be the only person buried in there. Meanwhile, everybody else with a single plot has, like, minimum 30 fucking corpses in the family tomb. Because the, the, the tour <laughs> described it as, like, it's a shell game. So Maria Laveau's tomb is a three-stack. And huh. when somebody in the family died, you would just open up the one you had, like, most, that was the least recent that you had opened. And that had the most decomp from the previous tenants. And you just shove huh. their bones aside and put the new casket in. Next time someone dies, you open the next one. But no one, yes, put no one up on top of there. Yeah. You know, you want to fit 89 people in a crypt. It's just a good thing to do. Otherwise, they're going to come up out the ground every time it rains. Because, yeah, he said there were estimated 90 people in Marie Laveau's crypt. 90? 90. And, like, some are kids and infants and stuff, but around 90 corpses in there. They don't take up much room. No, not really. No. Oh, oh, hippos also battle crocodiles sometimes. Oh, my God. How has Asylum not made that movie? Yeah, Croco, Croco, Crocosaurus versus (laughs) Hippo Monster. A hippopotamus exists with a variety of formidable predators. Nothing really preys on them because they're too big and mean. Yeah, would you? And yet they just eat grass. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure nothing really preys on uh, buffalo except us. Yeah. I bet, I bet there were a lot of white hunter guys who went there before they knew that. Like, look at this, d- this stupid, dumpy-looking thing. Oh, my God, I'm being eaten. I'm going to go kill it with a rock. And then they got just <laughs> fucked up by a hippo while the native guys like laugh. Like, hey, we told you, stupid. <laughs> told you it wasn't a dinosaur, bitch. They're like, what's the what's the scariest thing in this river? They point at the hippo and they laugh. <laughs> that dumb cow thing. Not you the crocodile. said. Like, the crocodile's like third on our list of scary shit. My good pygmy, you said there was a dinosaur in these rivers. <laughs> they point just, yeah, that we got... Yeah, no, you just you you're just gonna give us some of that stuff, some of that the, some Twinkies, and we like those Twinkies. So we just said it was a dinosaur. Really, it's that thing, and that's way worse. Well, I guess we've done about hippos for a while. So true. I guess that's kind of because I just found there's a painting from 1617 by Peter Paul Rubens of a <laughs> hippopotamus and crocodile hunt. And this is pretty dramatic. There's a dude. I don't think I'd bring a knife to a hippo fight. Uh, obviously, you are not a badass. Apparently not, because this dude who's pretty, he's this bald guy with a knife and a beard is jacked. Yeah. Oh, he's stabbing the, the crocodile, though. No, did you find it? Yeah, I found it. He got, like, yeah. a dog that looks like a honey badger eating on the crocodile's tail. Yeah, this is a pretty gnarly-looking hippo, too. Fucking it's horse kinda... biting the hippo's ass. This crocodile looks like it just had nothing to do with this altercation and is just trying to escape. Guys, guys, I'm not with him, guys. I don't know what this is. Stop. And and the hippo's like, God damn it, Steve. Get back here. Help me fight. No, I don't know you. My name's uh, Clarence. Oh, man. That's badass. That sucks. You have to like, hunt stuff with just sticks and knives. Well, maybe we could hunt Nutria with, like, a suppressed stick or knife. That would save you some money. <laughs> like, suppressed spear? Yeah, just put a silencer on the end of your spear. Yeah, this hardly makes any noise at all. Or we'll do one of those, like, we'll do, like, a redneck bang stick. We'll just have a shotgun shell on the end of a stick, but we'll suppress <laughs> it. You know, there are places that have hunting with spears. You can go try to hunt a deer oh with a spear. God, that's so fucking hipster. 
I don't know how you would even do that. It's like the it's like the brand of hipster who wants to be like back back to Mother Earth, manly chopping wood, you know, like the bearded lumber sexual style hipster. Yeah. yeah. He's never actually cut wood, but no. but he's gone downtown to the axe throwing parlor. He can make you a damn good espresso. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the latte, Jason. So, uh, Peter Paul Rubens, was uh, he ever discovered masturbating in a 17th century porn theater? <laughs> That's where, like, where he was just like watching somebody paint a naked lady and then got caught jerking it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> You just, that's, the, that's the magic What is it, the magic word? <laughs> it's a secret word. You just heard the secret word. Peter Paul Rubens, you stand here accused of public masturbation. What say you? I know you are, but what am I? What I can do with a pair of giant underpants. <laughs> I'm a nun. Ah. <laughs> oh, so underrated. Oh, fuck. Peter Paul Rubens. Let's see, what was his style called? Uh, it's Flemish, yes. Oh, Baroque. Okay. Oh, Baroque <laughs> so Baroque. So we're pushing an hour. We're at 52 minutes. I say we call oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. I mean, but like, everybody, everybody got a good talk about taxonomy. They learned a lot about dinosaurs and paleontology. Yeah, I like that. I could just talk for di- about dinosaurs the whole time. And we kind of did. Yeah, we did. We talked about fan base is supposed to be dinosaur. Yeah. So we segued very quickly into real science. Yeah. If you watch... Take a take a you know thirty minutes and watch that. Yeah, dinosaur, dinosaur. exclamation point. And if you can find the, the full run of more dinosaurs, I recommend it. It's got some claymation in it midway through, and it's it's offbeat and strange. Like I said, the hosts turn into dinosaurs at the end. Oh. But I watched the fuck out of that as a kid. So the sitcom Dinosaurs holds up way better than I thought it would. Yeah, I thought it was stupid as a kid, but it's actually like a work of postmodern genius. Yeah, and it's dark. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, <laughs> do you remember their very special episode that ended with a message from the cast where they're all sitting in costume in the studio? And they're like, now you've seen what happens when people take drugs. So stop taking drugs so sitcoms can stop making these terrible special episodes. Uh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's the one where, where Robbie's doing roids. Yeah, but it wasn't it's roids. It, it was like It was like... Glow sticks or something. It had a weird dinosaur. Yeah, it's name. whatever is analogous to drugs. Yeah. So, all right. He's uh, it out. Uh, I guess we'll go. It's been a long one. Hope you don't mind. Thanks, everybody. Uh, be excellent to each other. Yes. 69, dudes. everyone thanks for listening uh twitter facebook tell people like whatever uh we just like that you listen to the show uh because we're probably going to do it whether or not a million people listen but boy would it be great if a million people listen we would really like that because we're cool guys bye